0: The Oklahoma City Thunder drop their home opener to the Philadelphia 76ers. What did we learn from this game? A much more competitive loss as SGA comes back around and looks like that borderline all star that we're accustomed to. Josh Giddy also has a great game as a rookie and so much more like Mark's rotations in this game and what we've learned so far in this season. All that and more coming up on the On Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Daily Oklahoma City Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ron Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. R-Y-L-A-N. Underscore You can follow the show on Twitter at L.O. Thunderpod. Email the show L.O. Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into this show 405 362 On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder loss against the Houston Rockets and the Philadelphia 76ers. Thank you for listening to Lockdown Thunder, making this your first listen every single morning. We're here for you every single day. Now, Let's do the game overview for both games and we're kind of get into the, the nitty gritty of Josh Giddey and SGA and the rotations, Darius Baisley, Jeremiah Robinson, old Derek Favors, the defense, and so much more, including uh, Lou Dort and his impressive Sunday night. Now, for the Rockets game, Garrison Matthews was the only Rocket out and the Thunder, of course, were fully healthy. The Thunder started uh, Roby at center against the Rockets to kind of match up better with Daniel Tice. As the Rockets started him at center, uh, the teams all time of the game 23 and 23 against each other. And of course, the Thunder lost. So now they are 23 and 24 uh, against the Rockets. Uh, the, the Rockets just dominated the Thunder, absolutely dominated them. Uh, they go over and two, the, the Rockets win 124 to 91. And there wasn't much to truly learn from this game uh, because of how much of a blowout it was the entire way. Josh Giddey had some phenomenal passes, which we're going to see coming up uh, in a little bit, but outside of a few individuals, there was not really much to go over. And as you can tell, I'm still uh, sick. And on and on Friday night, Saturday morning, I literally just couldn't talk. So I uh, apologize for not having that bonus episode up uh, with that Rockets game, but it, it's barely enjoyable listening to me speak now. It would have not been enjoyable at all listening to me speak back then. Uh, so I, I do appreciate uh, the forgiveness on that front. Uh, but the Sixers game provided a lot more interest. It was the home opener against the Philadelphia Sixers. ers uh, Joel Embiid was active after being questionable uh, all day, but they were without Andre Drummond, they were without Ben Simmons, they are without Shake Milton and Grant Rehlier, and the uh, Thunder were fully healthy and went back to starting favors. And in fact, after Roby started on Friday, he did not play at all against the Sixers on Sunday. But the big thing, Was Josh Giddy these last two games? He had an elite pass to Isaiah Roby, who just couldn't catch the ball. An elite dump off pass again to Roby, who just completely missed. And then an amazing whip pass to the corner for Roby to for three, and Roby nailed the three. He had back to back to just boom, 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 elite, elite, elite passes that you just do not see other players make. You know, a lot of other players make. It's an uncommon pass except for the top tier of passers in the NBA. And so that was very impressive. And then the game against Philadelphia came, and against Philadelphia, Josh Giddy was just way more aggressive, and he was getting downhill more, attacking the rim more, and that was a part of his game. It was pretty surprising to see how well he was doing attacking downhill and how fast he is with the ball in his hands downhill. And because of his ability to have those dump off passes and have that court vision, it makes his ability to drive and finish at the rim uh, that much more you know easier for his game or important for his game as you saw you know in this game sunday his floater was on on sunday it was just it was almost automatic he he got to it more comfortably uh, on on sunday and it really opened up his game he finishes with seven assists eight rebounds and then 19 points and now if you remember way back in the preseason i was saying that Josh Skiddy will make an all rookie team and he'll be well up there on the first team rookie team and he'll uh, be in consideration for a year, blah, 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 because he's going to compile stats. He's going to get to start right out of the gate. He'll play a lot of minutes and we'll see those minutes develop more as the season progresses. But he's also going to compile stats because he is just good at everything. He's elite at passing, he's elite at rebounding for his size, and he can score the ball. And I said, you know, he's going to, he's going to put up double digit points close to double digit assists and, 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 and rebounds and, rebounds and it doesn't really matter if a rookie's efficient or not because you can, you know, you can overlook that for a rookie on these votings for all rookie teams. But tonight he had 19 points, seven assists, eight rebounds, four steals, and shot 61% from the floor and picked his spots well from three, went one for two from three. That 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 is really impressive that he was able to keep that efficiency while going for 19, seven, and eight. And there's going to be nights where he's not efficient. That's going to happen. He's a rookie. And that happens for everybody in the NBA, superstar, rookie, whatever. But it was nice to see him have a complete game this way. Uh, In one of his first few games in the NBA, his first game in Oklahoma City, it it was cool to see him be aggressive. I think that the more aggressive that he gets, the better it is for everybody involved. Because his aggressiveness is not just selfishness. His aggressiveness is opening up the floor for others. Because if he starts attacking downhill to where you have to defend Josh Giddey going towards the rim, and you help off of anybody, he has that vision and that passing ability, whether it's the touch on the ball, the, the speed of the ball, just the, the ability to throw with either hand to find that open man that you just helped off of. And so thus, you can get it out to an open shot, and that helps a thinner offense a ton. So his aggressiveness will be key moving forward, and, and you like to see him be more aggressive in this game. And also, you know, he, he said after the game, and it was clear watching the game, that SGA deferred to Josh Getty a lot in the first couple of uh, quarters where you know it, it looked as though Josh Getty was truly the point guard and SGA was the two guard, and, and they weren't doing this kind of back-and-forth game. It was just, hey, Getty's our guy. When we're not in transition. We're going to give it to Getty, and we're going to the floor, and he's going to set us up. Like that, that kind of felt like what it was about the first couple of quarters, and SGA said that, and Josh Getty said that. So they kind of confirmed that, and it looked good. It did. And then, of course, SGA was able to – you know, kind of get in his bag a bit in the third quarter and take over the game in the third quarter. So that was fun. That was fun to watch as well. So they complement each other pretty well in this game. And this is kind of the first game where you could see, yeah, this pairing can work. And it can work in a lot of different ways. Because you saw the drive and kick to Josh Giddy for three. And that was beautiful. And if Josh Giddy can elevate his game in that aspect, and he's only 19 years old, so he absolutely has room to grow, um, then the pairing gets that much better because we know how great SGA is at driving and kicking. And then whenever he drives and kicks to Giddy. Giddy has such vision that he can see the extra pass before he has the ball. So once he has the ball, he's just immediately going to fire that extra pass and get a wide open shot for somebody else. So it's just a a great tool to have both those guys on the floor. And the more that they get accustomed to, the more that they get kind of, you know, the more that they get gel and, and chemistry together, the better it is for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I, I was impressed with Josh Giddy this weekend. I've been impressed with them all season long. Uh, and it was also funny to see that he was the guy that they – picked or however they you know, handle the situation to, to uh, give the speech before the game to the crowd. The first time the crowd's back in the arena since March 11th, 2020, the first time that they're getting to see a lot of these players in person and the person who welcomes them back is the sixth overall pick 19 year old Josh Giddey. I can barely present in front of a class of less than 25 people. And he's out there getting you fired up for the uh, home opener. And, and he did a good job. He did it. It was impressive watching him. Uh, you know, kind of deliver that speech at the end of it, just said, we're ready to rock and roll. Let's go. And that was all you needed to hear. You're ready to run through a brick wall for him. I thought the crowd was nice, uh, you know, for all the context that goes along with this game. I think it was a nice crowd. They really got into it a few times. They gave the standing ovation uh, at at the end. It it was, it was a fun game and and it was the perfect tanking game. And, And we can get into that coming up, but, but it was a, it was a very fun game. These guys competed and it was just fun to see on an individual level for each player. Uh, how much success they had on Sunday compared to the other games. I think that we kind of overreact to the other games because it's so early in the year. And if these, if these first two games, you know, was the blowout lost to Utah, the ball lost to Houston happened in March. Nobody would have really batted an eye, but since it happened right out of the gate, everyone started panicking like, Oh my God, this is, the, this is who this team's going to be. There's going to be nights like that. There's going to be nights like the blowout losses. There's also going to be nights where it's a very competitive and fun game all the way through. Uh, just like tonight was where, where, Philadelphia kind of had you at arm's length all night but every time that they tried to extend that arm's length the Thunder came fighting back and clawing back and and so it was a it was a fun game to watch what can you say we'll see what happens moving forward this week it's going to be tough sledding as I mentioned on Friday you don't get that Houston win and and the schedule does not ease up at all right like so you lost to Philadelphia you're gonna play Golden State a couple of times you're gonna play the LA teams a couple of times I mean it's going to be tough, so we'll see when that first win actually does happen. Uh, which, I mean, I know that this is a year where nobody's you know, rooting for wins or whatever, but it is nice to get your first win off your back for sure. So you know, you do want to get a, a, a win eventually. So you don't want to go oh in eighty two, which obviously they won't do. But you know, it'll be interesting to see when that first win does happen and, and who it happens against because the Thunder played very well last night. Uh, all things considered, I think that if Joel Embiid didn't play, that they probably won the game because you know, the, the, the Joel Embiid thing was in question for. Uh, all, all day it was a game time decision uh, after shooter shooter uh i think if he didn't play they probably win this game because they wouldn't have helped off of curry so much and as we talked about on this podcast you, you know that with that defense i've been saying hey you help off the corner too much and you leave shooters open curry's not the shooter you want to leave open and so they did that repeatedly and curry just went off in that first quarter especially so we'll talk about that coming up in so much more but first let's say right now they are good friends over at prize picks All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. I love this and I know you will too. Prize Picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy sport prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks uh, offers any prop you can think of from yardages to touchdowns even interceptions thrown and also points assists, steals all of your users that deposit and use the code uh, NBA the code NBA receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 you can pick 2 to 5 players and an over under on the projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry it's just you first the projected numbers price picks also allows you to mix sport entries so you can take the over on lebron combined with the under on mahomes in the same entry use the award winning app on both the app store and google play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy price picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals so do not hesitate check out pricepick.com using code nba Go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is the daily fantasy sports made easy. NBA is your promo code at pricepicks.com. I want to say right now, very good friends over at Direct TV. Direct TV, uh, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another device lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sport highlights on your phone. and You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all of the good stuff. Well... I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of your total entertainment uh, that you love without the hassle, and it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on demand favorites together like never before. You can watch your favorite sports, movies, uh, shows all in one place, and that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion. And get your TV together at DirectTv Stream. You can go to DirectTv.com and that's DirectTV.com to see all the uh, packages they have. Content varies by package, the device is required. And listen, folks, directtvstream.com is your way to stream Bali Sports Oklahoma to watch the Thunder play on the choice package of directtvstream.com. We are back on Lockdown Thunder Podcast, Unlocked On Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan Thank you for making On Thunder your first listen every single morning. We are here for you every single morning. And right now, let's talk more about these two games. So coming into Sunday, there's a lot of questions about should you worry about SGA? Should you be concerned about SGA? And then the first half happened. And then there were actively people on Twitter, worrying about SGA from a national perspective. Oh, he looks like a guy who knows the Thunder are tanking. He looks like a guy who knows they're not playing for anything. No, he didn't. It's amazing how that perception changes whenever shots start to go down. Right? Like, it's so result-oriented, it's not even funny. Because if SGA's shots were falling in the first two games, everyone would be saying, oh, he looks like an all-star again. As they are doing now, after the second half of that game. I was never worried about SGA because... As I've been telling you, he's been saying after these games, he's still tired, he's still exhausted. And for somebody who was out that long with a foot injury, where it not only kept him out of the second half last year, but also out of the Summer Olympics, which he really wanted to play, and he really wanted to play for Team Canada last year, and if he would have played for Team Canada last year, you know, barring his health, they would have gone a long way, a, long, a much longer way than they went uh, without him. So that, would have, that was important to him to get to play in that uh, environment, and he didn't get to do it. And so he was just not in that NBA speed yet because you can't simulate NBA speed. Sure, he's cleared 100% healthy, but whenever you get cleared in the summertime and you, and you can't really do anything that simulates that speed, it, it's tough to get back into game, game shape. And you saw in the second half, he was much closer to that. And so that was really the, the hiccup. It was not anything else uh, that, that you had to worry about. Uh, I think that now he's 100% or closer to it now, and we'll see how these games progress moving forward. Like, he still might not be right there at the peak of his powers yet, but it was clear he was able in that second half to get more into his spots and get more uh, into what he wanted to do, especially you know on the dribble in isolation, where he's taking Matisse Taibou off the bounce over and over and over again and just, and just abusing Matisse Taibou. And you do not just do that. like You, you do not abuse Matisse Taibou. There are not many players in the NBA that have him in their book of guys that they've just absolutely shattered and guys that they have just absolutely crossed over and embarrassed. And on more than one occasion last night, SGA wrote Matisse Stiles' name in his book of guys he's embarrassed off the dribble in isolation. He has it. Like SGA, you don't got to worry about him. He has that all-star ability, if not superstar ability. So there was no worrying after a couple of bad games. I think that, again, these two bad games happen in March. Nobody cares. So you have to kind of keep that in mind and keep that all into uh, perspective. Now, I do think he was deferring a bit throughout the first two games and even the first half uh, and and trying to find that right balance of, okay, how do I be the point guard and defer and set my guys up? How do I take over? And remember, that was an area of his game last year where he struggled a bit. And then he finally clicked last year right before the injury. Well, that Bulls game where he just takes over in the second half and the fourth quarter and over half. He just takes over, right? That was the kind of the flip of the switch moment. And he did not get very many games after that, you know, before the injury happened. So relearning that process and that dance and that balance will be important for him. And it will be interesting to see how long he kind of waits. Because now you're not only finding that balance again within yourself, within a whole new roster construct. And playing next to a guy who's very different. Josh Giddey's skill set is very different than anything SGA played with last year. Anything. So how do you walk that line again? But against Philadelphia, he takes over in the second half of the third quarter. He finishes with 29 points, eight assists, six rebounds, on 47% from the floor, and one of six from deep. Now, still efficient from the floor, obviously, not from deep. I will say, I think that one of the Areas of confusion, you know, and this is banking on uh, these national people that are commenting on SGA actually watching the games, actually watching the games, and not just kind of uh, looking at the box score saying, "Oh, he's not playing well, so he's obviously not caring." Whenever he's his game is so effortless and smooth, and that's great. That that's great when the shots go in. When the shots don't go in, you know, people have a different take on it for some reason. So, one area that I think people are kind of confusing about Shea these sidestep step back threes. While they look effortless, while they look like he's not even trying because he's just so fluid, it's not a haphazard shot. It's not a lazy shot. These sidestep, step-back threes, while they're not going in right now, he goes one of six from three. While they're not going in right now, it's an area of his game that he's tried to develop so much for the last two years. I mean, check out his offseason programs and his off-season workouts that he's posting willingly on, on social media. He's trying to get those step-back and sidestep threes in his, in his back. He's trying to get those into his game and in a year like this why wouldn't you as we talk about player development why wouldn't you try to add that to an nba tape right and just put that on film that way you can diagnose it for yourself okay how why didn't this shot work with this shot did what did i do differently here that I didn't do there like we forget that the development period is not just for josh Getty, who's 19 years old it's not just prokoshevsky it's for sga too sure he's 23 years old but he still has a lot of room to grow in this league and presenting those sidestep and, and step backs. He's wanted to do that for a very long time. And so because he's so smooth and fluid, it can look like he's just kind of going through the motions of stepping back and sidestepping and uh, jacking up shots. Cause we're not used to seeing him take those um, difficult shots. He's usually so smooth with it and calculated with it. Whenever he shoots, it helps his efficiency. It's not that he's being lazy or that he, has checked out that he doesn't care anymore. It's that it's an area of his game he wants to truly add and develop. And so you've got to tip your cap to him there for working on ways to improve his game. We'll talk about more about this game coming up But first, right here right now. Our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to Built use the promo code LOT15, get 15% off of your next order. They have amazing flavors like cherry Barcia, like Raspberry. Coconut, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. My favorite flavor is cookies and cream. You can try it out today at belkbar.com, promo code locked15. Most bars have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. They're all amazing flavors. They're all healthy. They're all tasty. They're all great. It's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, belkbar.com, promo code locked15 for 15% off of your. Next order at com. Let's see right now, we're good friends over at rock.com. Rock.com is a family owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago, you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all of the parts that your car will ever need. My favorite part about rock.com is that I know nothing, not a thing. About cars, and that's my favorite thing because at RockAuto.com, they're going to give me the one low price. They're not going to upcharge me for being a do-it-yourselfer. They're not going to you know kind of mess me around with that. They're going to be one reliably low price, and also it's easier to find what I need there because all I have to know is my make, my model, and my vehicle. And they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I don't need to memorize the dimensions or any of those tedious facts just those three facts alone get me my car parts so rockart.com amazing selection reliably low prices whenever you go there tell them that lockdown sent you in the how did you hear us box and they'll know what to do from there rockart.com amazing selection reliably low prices we are back on On thunder podcast on podcast network your teams every day Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, or your second listen. Go check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball with host Josh Lloyd. He gets you set for all you need to know about fantasy basketball and how to win your leagues. And you know you want to be big winners this year, so go check it out. Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Now the rotation has been weird so far this year, and that's a byproduct of everyone being healthy, and and, and the blue not starting yet. We talked about this before. And, and, and Mark said as much last night Whenever I asked about why Pokushevsky did not play um, more than six minutes. He said, you know, we have 17 guys available and the blue hasn't started yet. And, and, he, and he clarified that that blue comment was not specifically for Pogoshevsky, although it wouldn't be surprising to see Pokushevsky go to the blue. Um, whenever you can shuffle some of these guys down, like Aaron Wiggins, Paul Watson Jr. for sure on two-way deals, and then even some of the other guys like Vit, he'll go down there. And Pogoshevsky might have some time down there. Ty Jerome might have some time down there. Whoever goes down there, right, it shortens your bench and you're able to play the guys you still have in Oklahoma City longer. And and especially, don't be surprised, since they're playing in the same arena, where you might see on a Thursday whenever the Thunder are off and they play at home the next day, and the Blue play at home on Thursday, you might see them send a guy to the Blue and have him play with the Blue Thursday and then come back on Friday. Or on those doubleheader days. Okay, in the morning time, you're with the blue. That's going to be your game today. You're you're gonna play with the blue, get 20, 30 minutes a night instead of eating six minutes a night here in the NBA. And so you're gonna see them shuffle in guys, and that's the beauty of having the blue, you know, in the same building and in the same arena for their games. So it's early. You don't want to look too much into it, but I understand how weird it is. Now I will say Pogoshevsky plays three minutes against Philadelphia. Trey Mann only gets nine-ish minutes, You know, doesn't even crack 10 minutes yet. Deck, Jerome, Vitt, Paul Watson Jr., and Wiggins have been consistent DNPs uh, this year for all intents and purposes. Isaiah Roby did not play at all against the Sixers. And I think that the, the most people out there right now, I think that most people out there right now are griping about Taylor Aldon getting 13 minutes. It's still only 13 minutes that, that he played, Tim Alvon. So when you want to find more minutes for Pokoshevsky and, and Trey Mann, who are you taking the minutes away from? And if the argument is simply Muscala, right? Like Muscala played a lot you know, last game. If the argument is Muscala in Favors, well, then you can't complain when they get blown out by 20 because without Muscala's minutes last night, they're not in that game. Without Favors' minutes in stretch last night, you're not in that game, so it, it's kind of a pick your poison. Do you want to complain about the rotations, or do you complain about getting blown out? And to me, a loss is a loss, and, and you, know, you can still look for some individuals within blowouts. But nonetheless, how do you think is more valuable? Do you think it's more valuable to lose by, you know, twelve, or lose by twenty-two, or lose by thirty-three, or lose by whatever absurd number? You know, and that's up for you know every person you know personal opinion on that, but. It's a tough call. It's a tough call for Mark on, on what to do whenever you don't have that tool of to the blue. And that'll start here in a couple of weeks. And then you, know, you never want to see it happen. You knock on wood that they can stay healthy all year long. We know it's the NBA and we know that it's, it's professional sports. We know that guys are going to get hurt and you throw your hands up and hope it doesn't happen and you knock on wood and everything else and you do all the things that you can do. But it's going to happen. And so that will you know, shorten the rotation where more guys are getting more minutes and having to step up more. And you can't spread out these minutes so far. And, and you're at the play guys a lot more than than you intended to. And it doesn't help either. They got a ton of blowout minutes. Right. And you can you can go back and forth with okay, should you rest your starters who are all 19, 20, 23 years old? Should you rest your starters in a blowout loss whenever you're expecting to lose this year anyway? Or should you just keep playing a normal rotation the entire time? You can go back and forth on that all you want to. I think a lot of that has to do with the play with the coach's perspective and also the player's perspective. And if the coaches believe that you can't get better in a blowout, then they're not going to play him and they're not going to risk that injury. So a lot goes into it. And it, and it's really is the hard part about it is there's no true right or wrong answer in this scenario, right? Like you're not actively competing for a championship. You're not trying to find out who your best, you know, eight, nine players are to play every single night. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to pick who's your favorite to develop. As Marcus said before, on this roster, players 5 through 17, 5 through 17 have marginal differences. So then how do you pick, so to say, your favorite child of who you want to invest in and who you want to give to and who you want to grow with? It's a very hard call to make whenever there's such little separation between 5 and 17. So it leads you to spreading yourself too thin you spread yourself too thin, you spread your rotation too thin, and you're trying to find uh, ways. I sound like Bruce Weber right now. If any of you know college hoops, I sound like Bruce Weber right now. This is atrocious, but thank you for sticking with it. You, you're just trying to find ways where you can get them all the attention that they need. It's very hard to do, as you parents probably know. So, Baez was very improved. JRE was improved. Derek Favors was nice against Philadelphia. We'll talk about the defense and Lou Dort and Kenny Hustle tomorrow because I. Do not want to put you through any more of this uh, voice today. Hopefully, I'm, I'm better tomorrow. We'll see how that goes, but no promises there. Uh, the the uh, bet of the day today was Thunder plus eight. The bet of the day Friday was Thunder plus two and a half. I'm 0-3 this year, as you can probably guess. Uh, the Thunder money well pick, I'm 0-3 on this as well. At SGA on Friday, if you had Pokoshevsky, Man Muscala, or Kenny Hassel, you were correct. If you did not, you were wrong as well. And then I had Lou Dort Sunday and Mike Muscala. When the Thunder Moneyball. The MVP, Muscala on Friday, Josh Giddy on Sunday. Let me know your award winners on Twitter at Ryland underscore Thank you for sticking with us here on Locked on Thunder. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.